Welcome in to another episode of Houdet Nation Live presented by 24-7 Sports where we talk your team all the time. As usual, I am your fearless leader, Brandon Wong. Happy Friday Eve to everyone out there in Houdet Nation. Come one, come all. It is time to talk some Saints football. As you see here, we've got a lot to get to. As usual, uh, the free agency update pre-draft visits and what that may mean on draft night. Obviously, the draft's coming up on April 26th. Big night for the Saints as far as moving forward for the future. Saints future quarter, the, the quarterback of the future for the Saints could be found in this draft. We'll touch on that yet again. And Drew Brees files a lawsuit. Big news out of New Orleans there. First things first, let's get to it. NFL free agency this morning. The Saints have re-signed fullback Zach Line to a two-year deal. Great news for Alvin Kamara. Wonderful news for Mark Ingram. The guy that leads through the hole is back for another two years. Uh, couldn't be happier for him. He's earned it. He's a great, great, great run blocker. Um, key piece. Doesn't get a lot of touches, but um, makes makes way for the best two running backs in the league right now. So hello, Veronica. Hello, Mike. Uh Mike, good to see you. Nate, thank you for being here. Um, and Charles, we're going to get there very quickly as far as where we're going to go draft-wise. So um, hang in tight there. So let's hit on these pre-draft visits here. A name that everyone um, in Houdet Nation is familiar with, Arden Key, has met with the New Orleans Saints. And I'm not shocked, but I don't know if he's my first-round pick right now. Hello, Nicholas. Uh Thank you for coming in from Houston. But let's get back to Arden Key here really quickly. Uh, has a visit set up. There's a lot of interest, according to Key, on from both sides here. Now, obviously, the edge rusher out of LSU had a great uh, junior year, had a great sophomore season, junior year, uh, come up missing, literally left this team before the season, came back overweight, didn't perform at a high level uh, as the previous year. So with that being said, uh, there's a lot of questions that I have for this pick, especially if you're going to take him in the first round. Um, but on the positive side, let's go positive first. Uh, he's a baller, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. If he comes in at the correct weight, um, if he comes in motivated, he's a game changer for this defense, uh, especially on the edge. Can set the edge, can make some big, big plays. Um, something that the New Orleans Saints have made a big priority moving forward in this offseason is uh, just adding more pieces to that defense. As you know, last year went down with six starters throughout the year. So adding that depth, adding another special playmaker would do wonders for them. And Arden Key could potentially be that guy within the right realm of things. Um, he's a two-way pass rusher. Can go inside, he can go outside. Uh, the versatility there, what he would bring the defense, is it's scary to even think about what they could dial up on, say, a third down when you're, um, you, you have your blitz package there. Um, it, it's going to benefit the secondary, obviously, with Marshawn Lattimore, Ken Crawley, uh, you know, Von Bell, Marcus Williams. All those guys are going to benefit from someone like Arden Key. Um, he makes their life a lot easier. So with that being said, now i got to go to the negatives. And first and foremost, the biggest red flag out of all of them is his personal discipline. How much does he love football? How much does... Uh, he want to be a part of a team. Does he want a paycheck or does he want to go out there and win a Super Bowl? At this point in my in, in his young career, 
that question is still to be determined. And I think all these NFL GMs, including Mickey Loomis, have to figure that out. And they have to know right from the get-go that he's going to be worth the risk. Because when you look at a young man that leaves your team then comes back overweight, doesn't perform at a high level as you're used to seeing him doing, why would I take you as the number one pick for my draft at, at, at number 27 for the Saints? As a GM, why would I do that? Why would I put myself in that situation there? So with that being said, want to hear your feedback. And yeah, Chris, you said it best. 4940. He is slow. I'm getting to that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, if you want to go exact, it was a 485, but pretty close to a 49. That would actually, at the combine, he would have ranked 16th. There had only been four other guys that ran slower than him. So absolutely, that's a great point there, Chris Henderson. I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, and so with that being said, I think Arden Key is a fantastic player. He's projected to go in the first or second round. Obviously, Now, remember, we don't have a second round pick this year. I don't know if I feel comfortable taking him in the first round at number 27. That's me. I don't make those decisions, but I'm thinking long term. I'm seeing what I've seen in, in, in the past here. I don't know if it's worth the risk. So Arden Key does have additional uh, meetings set up with the Saints. They'll get to the bottom of it. They'll decide on April 26th if they're going to call his name in the first round. So with that being said, we're going to move on to another SEC guy um, you may have heard of, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama, all SEC. That's what he's bringing to the table right now. Um, you guys know uh, what kind of caliber players that Nick Saban puts out in Alabama. You guys know that. I'm telling you something that you already know. Um, he's a playmaker. He's an athletic freak. Um, again, he adds depth to the linebacker position. Um, that defense, we were hurt last year and, st and still made a big run, uh, a deep run. But what Evans would bring to this defense, again, similar to what Key would, um, you bring an athletic playmaker um, that is really explosive off the ball. Um, he's a great blitzer. And so then you start thinking about sub packages here. So your third and longs and what he could do to the pass rush is something that this defense uh, hasn't really had, showed, showed flashes of it. But when you add someone of this caliber, similar to Key, it opens up the playbook for the defense. It, op it gives the defensive backs an, more of an opportunity to make plays, um, more turnovers, and giving the ball back to the best offense in the league um, and Drew Brees with co in company. So with that being said, he's bringing um, a ton of athleticism. Uh, some of the weaknesses, though, I, I, you know, I hate going, you know, you got to go strengths, you got to go weaknesses here. I'm a positive guy. Uh, what's up, TJ? Good to see you today, bud. Um, and so some of the negative things, uh, the biggest one that, that's come out to scouts is his durability. Um, play hurt a lot, is which shows a lot of character that you can like push through that. But at the same time, uh, I think that's going to be a big concern. Can he stay healthy? Um, obviously, he played behind in a massive defensive line at Alabama. That helps out a lot um, to be able to play behind those big monsters back there. Um, had some issues diagnosing plays. Uh, the SEC is a very fast league, but the NFL, as you know, is a whole other level. There are concerns in that aspect, but again, he's projected to be a first-round pick. If he's there at 27, uh, they're going to kick the tires on it. And if he's there, don't be surprised if you see, if you hear, I'm sorry, uh, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama's name being called. 
you're going to see a trend here, what we're talking about today. Next up, cornerback out of Iowa, Josh Jackson. So we've got an edge rusher. We've gone uh, linebacker. Now we're going cornerback. These pre-draft visits that the Saints are holding, it may be starting to let us know what they're thinking um, on that first night. So if we're starting to think here, we got Josh Jackson out of Iowa, as I mentioned. Great story on him. He's a converted wide receiver. Uh, redshirted with the Hawkeyes back in 14. Went over to the defensive side and only started this year. This year was his first start. Um, starting season, started all 14 games. And is an absolute ball hawk. And led the, he led the country in interceptions. Um, you're going to ask me this. Why are we drafting another corner? Exactly, Todd. He is a ball hawk. Um, why are we drafting another corner? Uh, depth at this point. Anytime somebody goes down, you want that fall off to be minimal. So let's just say Marshawn Lattimore is hurt like he was a few games. You're able to bring in a guy like Josh Jackson, and you're not, and it's going to be a seamless transition. He's a big guy, 6'1", 192, ran a 4'5", 40. Uh, it's a great replacement. Just He's a great just-in-case kind of guy. He's a long-term kind of guy. doesn't have to start right away. Um, once you start talking contracts on down the line for – Marshawn Lattimore, Ken Crawley, he's a great backup plan. Or if he's got to go in a sub package, you can bring him along with Patrick Robinson in there as well. So he brings another dynamic to the, to the secondary that's great for building for the future. So uh, with that being said, the great things about him, uh, didn't allow a touchdown after week four last season. So had his own personal little island there. If you want to call it uh, Jackson Island, go, go for it there. Um, had three interceptions against uh, the upset win over uh, Ohio State. Had two pick sixes against Wisconsin. This guy, when he sees the ball, it's his and nobody else's. So the weakness there, obviously, he only started one year. He's only he's he's still wet behind the ears of some of these Southern folks. If you if you understand Southern uh, literature, there you you would understand that. So he's young, um, hasn't played a lot, doesn't have a lot of game reps under him, and going from the Big Ten to the NFC South is a huge jump. I understand that. But with that being said, projection-wise, he's a first or second round guy. Um, he's big. He's fast. Teams like this kind of corner, especially when you look at guys within the division that you have to cover. You have to cover the Muhammad Sanus. You have to cover the Mike Evans down in Tampa. You have to cover Julio Jones. You need a big guy that can do that. Um, he's fast enough to do it, and he's big enough to do it. And so with that being said, uh, he's a first-round guy. He's, he's drawing comparisons to Josh Norman. Um, you guys are probably familiar with uh, from Carolina up to Washington. So another option that you could see on night one. Next, we're going to hit this one. Um, we're going to hit quarterback, the, the one that's been talked about the most right now. And a report came out earlier this week. Um, Baker Mayfield's not going to meet with the Saints at this point. So... Uh, I've lowered my expectations on drafting Baker Mayfield as he is riding up the uh, draft boards right now. I mean, I've seen him as high as 3, 5, 11. There's no way that the Saints will be able to pull off any kind of trade to get up there to get him. Um, and so with that being said, start digging into it and started thinking a little bit, what, um, what does that mean if they're not going to meet with Baker Mayfield? What does that mean for the future of the quarterback for the Saints? Are they going to draft one this year at all? I mean, outside the top five quarterbacks in Josh Rosen, Sam Darner, um, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson, 
After that, there's a drop-off to Mason Rudolph and Kyle Aluda, as who, who we talked about last week. The big thing for the, for the Saints that hurt us this year, again, that second-round pick is where you would want to maybe grab a Mason Rudolph or, you know, it would be kind of a high pick to take Kyle Aluda, but I don't know if they're either one of them are going to be there in the third round at pick 91. So the question then becomes, do we even draft a quarterback this year? And the answer is, I don't know at this point. I think um, what's going on, if you look at it right now, if Lamar Jackson somehow slips to 27, you can make the argument. Um, you guys have known that I have, uh, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I love Dallas Goddard at the same time as TJ mentions there. Um, but I don't know if he's actually going to slip. Some guys, some people, some drafts guys think he's going to slip out of the first round and, and then he's going to be the steal of the draft. Again, I've seen him as high as 15 going to Arizona. A lot to be discussed, a lot to be determined. But if those five guys are gone by the time uh, pick 27 goes around, uh, you're going to look at potentially a tight end, um, Jaleski, uh, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Hayden Hurst, those guys that we've already hit on. You could see that. Or you could see what these pre-draft visits are even talking about. Uh, it could be a defensive guy. It could be Arden Key. They could do all their homework on him and decide, this is our guy, Josh Jackson. It could be Rashawn Evans. And, and with those three picks, with those three guys right there, what you do, you shore up your defense in, in one of those positions, whether it's a pass rusher, uh, cornerback, or if it's a linebacker. So uh, there's a lot to be determined right now. Uh, you know, I've told you guys over and over again, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be a successful quarterback. Don't know if he's going to be there. Uh, Sean Payton's touched on him plenty of times. He likes him. And the great thing about him, he's way different than Drew Brees. Way, way different. Uh, and that's a good thing. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think Drew and, and I think Sean Payton is completely okay with that. I think Sean Payton um, wants somebody that's different than Drew Brees. I think that uh, if you look at it from a from an offensive standpoint, he's going to change an offense. He's going to make Sean Payton a better coach because then Sean's got to look at it from this, this point of view. He's got to make this offense Lamar Jackson's because when you go out there, number nine's not going out there. Um, Lamar Jackson, as you know, would bring a different dynamic that Sean Payton has never had. So at the end of the day, I think at 27, Lamar Jackson's there. Don't be surprised if he's in the black and gold next year, set behind Drew Brees. Don't be surprised. Right now, I'm not surprised with anything. With, with every way they go, I think they're going to have a solid, solid pick at 27, whether they go tight end, quarterback, or someone on the defense. I personally would be happy. The only drawback I'd say, I would say no to Arden Key in the first round. So, uh, Ray says, do you think we get him? Uh, Lamar Jackson, if he's there, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think... I think you can take him. I think you can make a huge argument taking Lamar Jackson at 27. Um, BJ Tucker says tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end. I would go. Uh, I'm I'm torn between Dallas Goddard and Hayden Hurst. Um, you know the the thing with Hayden Hurst that you're going to get. He's performed at an all SEC level. He's been against the best conference in college football. Um, he's a little bit older. You know at, he's. A, a former professional baseball player in the minor leagues came over, walked on at USC, um, and then, you know, turned into an all SEC tight end. So a little bit older, he's going to be mature. So he's going to be ready to go right out the gate. 
Dallas Goddard, on the other hand, um, freakish athlete, performed at a high level, but at the SCS level. So um, we don't know as far as that point. Now, Ray asked, is Lamar Jackson teachable? He's absolutely teachable. Um, if you look at the offense that he ran at Louisville, very pro-friendly system. The, some knocks on him right now have been um, the lingo that they use at Louisville as far as, um, you know, if you look at a, a play call in the NFL, it sounds like you're, you, you know, you're doing a whole monologue for a play on Broadway. Um, I, that doesn't bother me because Cam Newton said that he called a play from a play card and Cam Newton's turned out to be an okay quarterback in the NFL in my book. So um, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Tom Wells asked about Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard is um, out of Ohio State. Uh, I think he's going to slip more into the second round, Tom. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the first round. Uh, again, another great option for them. So great, great idea there. Uh, Chris Bell says Okafor was a beast before he got hurt. Uh, Chris, he's going to be back full strength. He's going to be a beast again this year alongside Cam Jordan there. Um, BJ Tucker says pass rusher. So, um, other pass rushers that they're going to be talked about, obviously Bradley Chubb out of North Carolina State. Um, you could argue that he's the number one pick in the draft right now. Number two behind him is Harold Landry, who, in my opinion, is climbing, climbing, climbing in the mock drafts right now. Someone has finally realized what he is capable of doing. Um, I think he's – I would not be surprised to see Harold Landry go in the top 15. I know we mentioned him uh, early on in this show, going at 27. I don't see him being there at 27, and if he is, I, that's going to be the fastest um, draft pick that you would ever say. I would be running up to the podium to take Harold Landry. Um, let's see here. Uh, defensive tackle all day, says Brandon Simmons. Uh, that's an option as well. Uh, I think right now we're, they feel pretty confident of what they've got for the first round. Now, you may see that position be addressed later on in the draft, someone like B.J. Hill. Um, someone like Puna Ford out of Texas, his name's been brought up. Um, he could be your big draft sleeper, uh, 5'11", 330 pound guy. So, uh, the thing, the big knock on him, obviously being the height, we mentioned him last week, but that may be one way to, um, address the defensive tackle, Brandon. Uh, let's see, he said wide receiver. Obviously that's going to be on there, BJ as well. Um, there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft and you're not going to want to waste one on in the first round. I've seen Calvin Ridley drop as low as the 26th to Alabama, and he's listed as the number, as the best wide receiver in this draft. So um, you're going to be able to find quality, quality wideouts anywhere from two to six in, in this year. So uh, Michael Morton says we need a pass rush. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get that at, at, at some point in this draft, whether it's in the first uh, first round or the third round. Now, I will say this. If that pass rusher is available in the third round, and if Arden Key is still there at 91, or if they trade up in the third round, I am absolutely okay with that pick right there. So I don't want to come across like I'm anti-Arden Key. I am just anti-first-round Arden Key at this point. Um, Daniel Atkins asked, just joining, what was the Breeze mistake? We're going to get to that here shortly. Um, we're going to just take a few more of those questions. Riley Ferguson says, uh, ask Ray as far as quarterback potentially. Um, I don't know. But because my, my thought process is on quarterback for right now, if you're going to draft a quarterback this year, um, you have to be certain that you're going to take the time for the next two years to groom him. This isn't just go draft someone in the sixth round. Let's see if he works out. No, you have to be absolutely certain that that's why I say anything out of that first five or six guys, you may wait until next season. There are some quarterbacks coming out um, next year. 
Uh, Ryan Finley out of North Carolina State's one that comes to my mind immediately. Um, possesses a lot of great attributes, very accurate. I know we don't want another Drew Brees, but this guy's a bigger, better version um, of Drew Brees in college. Just if you can imagine that. Um, likes, actually has compared himself to Tom Brady. I know, kind of a little, little crazy there. Um, let's see. So, um, Chris asked, uh, do you think we are strong at tight end position with who we have? The answer, that's a two-folded question there, Chris. The answer is yes, and the answer is no. Um, the yes portion of it, you brought in Benjamin Watson, who is familiar with this offense, who's familiar with Drew Brees, a great character guy, former uh, Walter Payton uh, man of the year. You know what you're getting with him. He's a great guy on and off the field. Uh, even at the age of 37, is still a top tight end as far as production goes. Now, right after that, you have Kobe Fleener, you have Josh Hill, Michael Hamanawanui. Uh, two of those three are not going to be on this roster, especially if they draft a tight end next year, or in the draft, I should say. And if I had to take a guess, obviously Josh Hill would be one of them, um, along with Kobe Fleener, who's due, who's due $8 million next year. So, uh, Matthew Hauser says, uh, what, what about the, the kid out of Hosfra, DN? Actually, I don't, I'll be completely honest with you. I haven't had a great opportunity to meet, uh, to look at some of the, uh, the FCS guys. But uh, with that, that's a great program up there. Um, I do know that. And there's not a huge fall off from, from the higher level FCS programs to the FBS programs. So um, we can look at that. So. Let's get into it. We're going to go Brandon's burn of the week. Man, let me tell you guys, I hate, I, I, I can't believe I even have to use my burn on Drew Brees. Uh, I hope, hopefully this is the first and last time that this ever happens on this show. But Drew Brees, as you all know or have, uh, some of you have heard, has fought, filed an $8 million lawsuit because he got some bad jewelry. He got some bad bling out in San Diego. Um, the biggest, he bought a diamond ring, a four carat diamond ring for over $8 million, uh, and appraised, and it only came out being worth 3.75. Um, so the quote from Breeze is as follows in an effort to diversify our investment portfolio, we trusted and invested with this jewelry store. Um, they assured us that we were being compensated by the sailor, the sellers with an investment grade diamonds he acquired on our behalf. In the end, it was all a scam. After thinking long and hard, Brittany and I decided to take this lawsuit on in part because we fear not only the only ones have misled and defrauded. So with that being said, um, the lawyer fired back with a really strong quote saying that Drew Brees is suffering from cash flow problems um, and he doesn't appreciate, he thinks his behavior is ludicrous. Well, first and foremost, Drew, your first mistake here, my man, doing business in a city that didn't want you. I mean, you went back to San Diego. San Diego, they, they just threw you to the side of the curb like, like you were a piece of garbage. Um, we're thankful for it because you have been nothing short of amazing at this point for the city of New Orleans and for this organization. So that was your first mistake. Second mistake, diamonds? Diamonds as an investment. I fired up the Google machine today and I found plenty of people telling me that diamonds are the worst investment. I don't care what Kanye said. Diamonds are forever. I'm saying diamonds are the worst investment there, Drew. Use your noggin. You're a smart guy. Why invest in that? 
Go with stocks. Go with gold. Go with your future, not diamonds. So with that being said, I, I don't know what else you do from here. But lesson learned, Drew. You'll never invest in another diamond, but we will. The only diamond that you should invest in, Drew, is the one that can go on your right hand, and that's a Super Bowl ring. We'll take I-10 all the way through. We'll hit another couple of roads. And we'll go to Atlanta. That's the only diamond you should be worried about at this point. With that being said, folks, we're going to close this one out. Thank you again for being a part of this show. It's growing, and that's because of you guys. That's because of your support. That's because you're going over there. You're interacting on the Facebook page. You're signing up for the newsletter. And if you haven't already, do that. I'm going to send this thing out once a week. Um, we've got great writers over there. James Parks is doing a heck of a job for us, um, put, giving you guys great content. Um, that newsletter will give you everything that you need to know. So go over there, sign up for the newsletter. Be looking forward to your email. We are here every Thursday at 2.30. We'll drop the podcast later, so if you want to go over and join us on Twitter, you can follow me at BrandonLong247. Come join in the fun. Thank you again, Who That Nation. This is Who That Nation Live here on 24-7 Sports. Everyone, have a fantastic weekend.